RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Aaron Tam. Tonight's headlines. Civil servants are set to see a pay rise of up to 7.26%. Civil Service Chief Patrick Nip has warned that the number of COVID infections may rise after measures are relaxed. And the SAR is speaking with the mainland authorities to see if waste styrofoam boxes can be disinfected and then transported across the border. Civil servants are on track to receive a pay rise of up to 7.26% after a two-year freeze on their salaries. The latest pay trend survey recommends salary increases of 2.04% for junior civil servants, 4.55% for middle-ranking workers and 7.26% for senior staff. Li Lun Fai, chairman of the pay trend committee, believes the results accurately reflect the situation in the job market, noting the economy grew by some 6% last year. We, we just reflect the market. To me, our survey team just asking the questionnaire to let them fill in and return to us. So according to the result, we find out these figures. So to me, it's uh, correct and accurate figures. So we accept that and then uh, after the next week, we will confirm uh, the, the whole thing and then we'll present to the government. Li Kuai-Yin, who's president of the Chinese Civil Servants Association, says the latest survey results have been distorted by the pandemic, so they aren't very useful as a reference. She also says her association will submit its own proposal to the government with a focus on catching up with inflation. Catching up the inflation rate, actually it brings no actual increase to the salary. It's just to maintain the purchasing power and also uh, to avoid the salary being eroded by the ever-rising inflation rate. So uh, hopefully, by focusing on this factor, we uh, hope that the public can accept it. Hong Kong has reported 329 new COVID infections, virtually the same as yesterday. There were six more cases in the Kuantong Private Kitchen Cluster and the Sky Cuisine Restaurant Cluster in Shengwan each. And with social distancing rules set to be further relaxed tomorrow, Civil Service Secretary Patrick Nip warned that the number of infections may rise. Mr. Nip, who's in charge of the city's vaccination drive, was speaking on an RTHK program. As social distancing measures are relaxed further, it's expected COVID outbreaks will emerge at places such as restaurants. The reproduction number of the virus has exceeded one, meaning coronavirus cases might increase. As infection risks rise, it's important for people to receive three vaccine doses to prevent serious complications and deaths. The government has sealed off West Terrace at Saiwan Estate for overnight coronavirus testing. Last week, the Kennedy Town residential block was locked down as part of the restriction testing declaration exercise that covered the entire estate. Residents there are required to get tested for COVID with the operation expected to end at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Authorities have also cordoned off residential buildings in Kuantong and Fanling. Environment Secretary Wong Kam Singh has come under fire from lawmakers over the government's handling of waste styrofoam boxes. Piles of the boxes, which had been used to carry vegetables and fruits to Hong Kong, have been spotted around the city after mainland authorities refused to take them back to, due to COVID infection concerns. In response, Mr. Wong said the SAR is actively communicating with mainland authorities to see if the boxes can be disinfected and then transported across the border. He said local recycling efforts have also been stepped up. 
In the past, the weight of the styrofoam boxes recycled was less than one tonne per day, but the hard work between us and the sector has seen it increase to around seven tonnes a day. Please understand there's a limit because hopefully the styrofoam waste is only temporary. If we invest in the recycling business and the supply of styrofoam vanishes, the machines will become useless, so we need to strike a balance. The University of Science and Technology is set to appoint neuroscientist Nancy Ip as its next president, succeeding Wei Shi, who will step down in October. In an email to its staff and students, the university's council said a selection committee has recommended that Professor Ip take up the post. To the weather forecast, mainly cloudy with one or two isolated showers, sunny intervals tomorrow with temperatures in the region of 23 to 27 degrees and moderate easterly winds. The outlook, sunny intervals in the next few days. It's now 24 degrees with the humidity at 62%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Secretary for Security Chris Tang says the Hong Kong government will make reference to security legislation in other jurisdictions, such as the National Security Bill in the UK, as it comes up with Basic Law Article 23 National Security Legislation. Here's Natalie Cheng. Writing on his official blog, Chris Tang said the security bill proposed by the British government underlines risks arising from, among other things, espionage and foreign interference, as well as the need to, as officials put it, legislate to get ahead of this threat. The Secretary for Security also pointed out that, under the UK security bill, police would have expanded investigative powers and suspects could be detained for up to 14 days without charge. He wrote, Western countries have all along been deliberately slandering and making false accusations against the national security law, as well as demonizing the enactment of Article 23 under the basic law. But in fact, they have formulated their own national security laws and made legal amendments periodically. Mr. Tang called on all sectors, especially foreign politicians, to look at the Hong Kong proposals in an objective and rational manner. He said people should not make willful attacks based on double standards or attempt to interfere or sabotage the legislative work while ignoring the fact that national security laws in Western countries are wide-ranging. The security chief added that Hong Kong will study national, local as well as foreign laws as it works towards implementing Article 23 legislation. The U.S. Justice Department is suing Steve Wynn, the former head of Wynn Resorts, to compel him to register as an agent of China. It also accuses him of lobbying then-President Donald Trump at Beijing's behest in 2017. Mr. Wynn's lawyers deny the allegations, saying he'd never acted as an agent of the Chinese government and had no obligation to register as such. Mike Weeks reports. The Justice Department says from June to August 2017, Steve Wynn contacted President Trump to convey a request from Beijing to cancel the visa of a Chinese business person seeking asylum in the US. It says it advised Mr Wynn in 2018, 2021 and in April this year to register as an agent of China under the Foreign Agents Registration Act, but he declined to do so. 
But Mr Wynne's lawyers say they disagree with the department's legal interpretation of the Act and look forward to proving their case in court. The Justice Department alleges that Mr Wynne acted at Beijing's request out of a desire to protect his business interests in Macau, where Wynne Resorts operates a luxury hotel and casino. It says the former casino tycoon conveyed the request to cancel the business person's visa to the US administration on behalf of Sun Lee Jun, a former vice minister of public security who himself is now facing bribery and other charges. The department says this happened over dinner with President Trump and by phone and that Mr Wynne also had multiple discussions with senior White House and National Security Council officials about organising a meeting with Mr Sun and other Chinese officials. It did not name the business person in question but said the individual left China in 2014 and was later charged with corruption by Beijing. Health authorities in Shanghai are facing huge pressure to keep China's most populous city free of COVID-19 as residents count down the days until the beginning of June and the end of their lockdown after almost two months of isolation. The city reported a slight increase in infections today, though no new cases were found outside quarantined areas, as Todd Harding reports. Shanghai achieved a fourth consecutive day without any new community infections, holding on to its prized zero-Covid status and keeping alive hopes for an imminent end to the city's lockdown misery. But China's business capital still reported 855 new local cases, up 32 from Tuesday. There were also three new Covid-related deaths compared with one a day earlier. Despite no new community spread, authorities are not lifting the lockdown immediately, instead gradually easing restrictions in the city until June the 1st, with some shops allowed to open this week and public transport expected to partly resume over the weekend. Residents at housing compounds across Shanghai have been given passes that allow one person from each household to go out for a few hours at a time. To get into a supermarket, they also need a pass from the shop. Social media posts have shown long queues of people, most of them migrant workers, outside one of the city's main railway stations, looking to return to their hometowns after getting permission to go outside. Coronavirus cases in Beijing also increased to 69 from 52 on Tuesday. Overall, the National Health Commission said the mainland recorded 1,305 new infections, up from 1,100 the day before. Premier Li Keqiang has called for greater urgency in rolling out measures to support the mainland's economy, days after data highlighted the impact of COVID-19 restrictions. He said all localities and departments should step up their sense of urgency and new measures that can be used should be used. He added that efforts to support the economy should bring it back to normal quickly. On Monday, officials said retail sales and factory output had slumped to the lowest figures since the start of the pandemic. China has decided to cancel another major sporting event. Authorities say the Asian Para Games, scheduled to take place in Hangzhou in October, will be put back because of the pandemic. This follows the postponement of the Asian Games to 2023 earlier this month. Jim Luck, chef de mission of the Hong Kong delegation to the Asian Para Games, said he understood the decision, though he's a little disappointed. 
for the preparation of the peak performance in the Asian Games, both coaches and athletes have followed the training plan for more than one year by managing the training intensity and volume and show the postponement of the games without updated competition schedule actually will strongly impact on the training schedule management. It will affect both physical and mental performance of athletes. Uh, however, be positive, we can have more time for preparation of the game in coming futures. Sweden and Finland have formally submitted their applications to join NATO in the wake of Russia's attack on Ukraine. Turkey says it's opposed to the two Nordic countries joining because of what it sees as their willingness to host Kurdish militant groups. The NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says the security interests of all members had to be taken into account, but that the alliance was determined to work through all issues. All allies agree on the importance of NATO enlargement. We all agree that we must stand together. And we all agree that this is an historic moment which we must seize. The World Meteorological Organization says the world set alarming new records for the rise in sea levels, ocean heat and concentration of greenhouse gases in 2021. In its annual Global Climate Report, the UN agency also said the oceans were becoming even more acidic as carbon dioxide dissolved into seawater, and it warned that extreme weather will displace millions of people. The UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres called for urgent action. I will give you the bottom line. The global energy system is broken and bringing us ever closer to climate catastrophe. Fossil fuels are a dead end, environmentally and economically. The war in Ukraine and its immediate effects on energy prices is yet another wake-up call. The only sustainable future is a renewable one. We must get fossil fuel pollution and accelerate renewable energy transition before we incinerate our only own. And a sport. In the NBA playoffs, Jimmy Butler scored 41 points as the Miami Heat produced a devastating comeback to defeat the Boston Celtics 118-107 in their opening Eastern Conference Finals series clash. Miami coach Eric Spolstra was full of praise for Butler after the game. You know, Jimmy just really uh, inspired uh, everybody in that third quarter. Those two steals uh, kind of changed the momentum. Um, and then every time and pocket in the game when we needed to control, you know, the game uh, or get the right shot or make the right decision, uh, Jimmy had, had his fingerprints on, on that. Um, you know, you're, you're seeing great two-way basketball uh, really on, on both sides. On the ice, the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning have struck first in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Lightning scored three times in the third period in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Florida Panthers, winning 4-1. In the West, Josh Manson scored the overtime winner for the Avalanche, who edged out the St. Louis Blues 3-2. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Civil servants are set to see a pay rise of up to 7.26%. Civil Service Chief Patrick Nip has warned that the number of COVID infections may rise after measures are relaxed, and the government is under fire for its handling of waste styrofoam boxes. The news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah, RTHK, Radio 3.
track that came out in the late 70s early 80s the raw band they'd already had a hit with an instrumental called the crunch and then it was gone uh, and the track there called clouds across the moon into our second hour thanks for the requests in so far gilbert's looking for merrily rush angel of the morning uh, michael's jennifer eccles we played that one already and this one is for neil